Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Ah, good morning, everybody. Uh, you're listening to Officer Darren Derby, uh, and you're on patrol with the PPD. I think every time I come in here, which is now once a month, there's some issues, Gary. No, it's just progress. It's progress <laughs> in motion. <laughs> All right. So All right. did the chief, uh, we got the chief on Skype yet? I see yeah. uh, Dr. We, Dr. Colbert's there. So, uh, yeah, we got them both on. Chief, can you hear us? I can hear you. Doc? I, I missed your message i apologize no no problem <laughs> doc can you hear us yeah i'm here oh I beautiful here. all right chief how you feeling this morning i actually feel very very good i'm kind of nervous about it but we'll talk about that in a couple minutes yeah did i miss anything lieutenant no we are uh we're getting squared away here we have uh some new software that was installed so we're getting the uh tutorial on that and um one of the computers had to be rebooted <laughs> and uh the skype and zoom at the same time is you know, a little bit of setup here but uh dave and sean have us covered gotcha are we live yet we are we are on oh, wrong there you go all right. you know how to reboot a computer kick it all right so we're, we're two minutes late but thanks for tuning in this morning to the friday february 12th episode of on patrol with the ppd and we apologize for the delay but let's get a check of the weather then we'll come back and get a couple news stories and uh, roll into the public health report you can fast forward we yeah we already weather. got the weather chief <laughs> I, I missed anything you said no oh. well, we thought you were there for that <laughs> all right my apologies no no problem news articles um so let's start with the important news for the Pittsfield Police Department. We had six officers graduate from the police academy last Friday. They reported for work this week and were sworn in. They're going through their administrative week to get ready to start field training. And we won't, uh, we won't get into a lot of detail about who they are, because I think what we'll try to do is have one or two of them on the program for each of the, the next several weeks. Uh, but we're excited. I was looking at the staffing report before I left the office yesterday, and this is as close as we've come to full staffing in about eight years. Uh, we were almost this close when we brought on the big group of 10. But, um, you know, for, for a couple months now, we're going to be fairly well staffed. Unfortunately, we have some pending retirements, so, you know, we're still going to have to run another selection. In other big news, we talked about it for the last couple of weeks, but it's official as of last night. Our friend, colleague, uh, technically family member, since she is the spouse of one of our supervisors, Deanna Strout, was selected to be the new chief of the Dalton, Massachusetts Police Department. Congratulations, Chief Strout. We'll have to make arrangements to have her on the program at some point in the future as well. And finally, if you take a look at uh, the front page of today's Berkshire Eagle or you check out any of the, the local um Video media outlets. Yesterday, we did an appreciation and recognition convoy to thank frontline healthcare workers, particularly at BMC in Berkshire Health Systems, with a large public safety first responder vehicle convoy. That was fun. I got to participate. Mayor Tyre rode with me. Uh, she bought some flowers to give to the staff at the hospital. And uh, Sergeant J.P. Murphy's mom, Michelle, 
who was one of the early, early and more severe diagnosed cases treated at Berkshire Medical Center, actually rode with the sergeant because she wanted to thank her ICU doctor and the staff that took such good care of her. They had a very moving um, reunification and, and kind of reunion at the front of the hospital. It was awesome. So check out those stories and videos. And that's enough about local news. So let's get to the public health report. Doc, you're on. I'm on. Thank yep, you. We can see you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody, and happy birthday, Abraham Lincoln. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, in the, on the public health front, um, uh, we've been giving uh, vaccines. Of course, I think everybody knows out at Berkshire Community College here in Central County, as well as at uh, St. Elizabeth's Church in North Adams and the uh, W.E.B. Du Bois um, Middle School in South County um, practically every day of the week. BCC has been on Tuesday and Thursday, but that's going to be expanded. We're also going to be doing weekend clinics as well, and we have been vaccinating at least uh, approximately 750 people per clinic over a five to six hour period. Uh, so the, the traffic has been steady, and it, that has been encouraging. Um, the the governor released a, uh, a some guidelines, what's called the Companion Program, which is a uh, system by which a person under the age of 75 who is not yet eligible, who has not yet been eligible by priority criteria, uh, priority ranking can, um, if that person accompanies a person over the age of 75 to the clinic, they themselves can also get the vaccine. So the goal here is to uh, uh, vaccinate the maximum number of people over the age of 75. So again, if you're, let's say you're uh, you're a child of somebody who is 80 years old and you are 55 years old. You can accompany your parent. One person can accompany that elderly person to the clinic and also get vaccinated. You have to make an appointment for yourself as well uh, to get your own vaccine if you're the companion. Uh, thus far, we have vaccinated approximately half of those over the age of 75. Uh, next item is that uh, we've gotten a lot of calls at the health department regarding people who are homebound and uh, the, the, there are significant logistical issues associated with getting people who are truly homebound, getting them vaccinated. But plans are being developed locally for home care agencies to provide vaccine to homebound people. There are a number of logistical issues as well as handling, transport, scheduling, which have to be worked out. Um, Vaccinating homebound people is a time intensive and in terms of the number of people who can be vaccinated, relatively low yield. You cannot vaccinate more than about 15 to 20 people in a day who are homebound. So I don't know how many people in, in our area are homebound, but um, uh, by that number alone, you, you can see that it would, um, it would be a relatively uh, slow process to get everybody in that group uh, vaccinated. Next, uh, a number of people have called the health department with questions about whether there is a waiting list 
to vaccinate people with leftover vaccine at, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, there is no waiting list to uh, bring people in at the end of the day, at the end of the clinic to vaccinate them. Uh, we try to very tightly uh, determine exactly how much vaccine we need for, need for each clinic based upon our appointment schedule. And if there are a few doses left over at the end of the day, they are primarily going to people who actually, who volunteer at the clinic, but there is no waiting list um, uh, who, who, for people who um, want to be called for uh, one of those extra leftover doses. So um, just saying um, uh, that doesn't exist. Um, and uh, basically all vaccine is given by appointment. The case counts in Pittsfield have been generally less than a half dozen per day, which is a great improvement over what it had been before. And we're encouraged by that. We're also waiting to see what the data will show on our wastewater analysis, which I believe is supposed to be submitted today, or perhaps it was submitted yesterday by Ricardo Morales. Uh, and that may give us some indication of whether go we're going to see a spike in cases related to Super Bowl parties. And lastly, um, plans are uh, in place for the schools to at least partially reopen February 22nd uh, for in-person learning. There is a substantial body of evidence that uh, says that regardless of the vaccine status of teachers and students, and regardless of community transmission rates, that opening schools can be done safely, provided that basic safety measures are in place, such as masking, and kids are generally very good about masking, masking and social distancing and cleaning of surfaces and um, and, and, and without sacrificing the safety, the health and safety of teachers and, and students. So we are hoping we, uh, in the health community, and I, I believe I speak for the, at least the, the great majority of people in the health community, are uh, hoping that schools uh, do open for all of the reasons that they are beneficial to kids. And, um, <laughs> And that's it. I'll, I'll say I also oh, I, one other thing I did want to mention is that um, people I haven't gotten really h hardly any uh, calls to the health department about people complaining about side effects. Although anybody who knows uh, somebody who else is other people who have gotten the vaccine have heard that there are some side effects. I myself got my second dose of vaccine this past Tuesday and Wednesday. I was feeling a, a little down, but by by yesterday, Thursday, I was feeling well again. So the side effects are relatively mild. Uh, they can be a little uncomfortable in terms of body aches, but they disappear quickly, uh, generally within 24 to 36 hours. And I'm glad to hear that the, the chief who got his second dose of vaccine is feeling well today. So uh, more power to him. So, and that's that's what I've got. Well, Doc, I've got to actually give you um, give you a shout out and thank you because I got home a little bit early yesterday after my second dose. We had we had had some internal stories from some of our people that got their second dose on Tuesday and they were they were hit pretty hard. 
I was sitting on the couch. I started to feel a little bit of an onset of a headache, which, you know, may have been related, may not have been, may have just been a stress from the day. So I took one naproxen and started pushing the fluids and kept pumping fluids, took on a little bit of a, a little extra electrolyte and a package of emergency and went to bed early um, and woke up this morning in my regular time. I was actually, I, I chuckled. I was a little nervous. I'm like, if, if I didn't have a little soreness in my arm, I wouldn't be sure I had gotten it. So um, right. getting in front of it and, and doing some stuff prophylactically may not be a bad thing if you think you're normally going to have a, a reaction. So thank you for that. Uh, Doc, I wanted to follow up on two things real quick. One is that uh, your point that there is no waiting list and there are no extra or wasted vaccine doses. That rumor has been rampant. I've even heard it from our own staff that so-and-so said that if you just get to the parking lot and you wait, you know, they'll give you the extra doses. Not happening. Um, You know, the doctor already addressed that. But the important part of that is no doses are being wasted. Nothing's being thrown out. They're opening the doses when they know they have arms to put them in. So uh, if you are a regular viewer or listener, please help us dispel that myth that just showing up without an appointment and hanging out in the parking lot will get you bumped up to the front of the line. Our officers will turn you away. They'll send you back. Um, So save yourself some time in aggravation and don't do that. And the other thing is, as happy as I am that we kind of implemented the buddy system for caregivers of people who are in this eligible group, typical cynical cop stuff, because we've already seen it, don't get online or get on Craigslist and offer to pay somebody so you can be their caregiver for the day. Just don't. It's just not the right thing to do, right? If you have somebody in your life that's vulnerable and you're taking care of them, by all means, please take advantage of that. But if you're otherwise young, healthy, and you're not in an eligible group, just wait your turn. Great. We've got a really good system going now. We're going to get there. We're ahead of the rest of the Commonwealth. Help us help you by being patient. Um, th- this is not a time to game the system. Correct. I only wish we had a lot of do- a lot of extra doses because we'd have a whole lot of extra, a lot, lot more people that we could give the vaccine to who are waiting patiently. So, but, but, but we don't have extra doses. There's no waiting list. There's no leftovers. So um, thank you for uh, reiterating that, Chief. Right. So, Doctor, thank you again, as always, for making time to join us. We appreciate it. And I know that our viewers and listeners appreciate getting these regular health updates. Uh, the whole, you know, COVID-19 task force and the vaccine planning team have been working really, really hard. Uh, you know, if you regularly read the Berkshire Eagle, check, it, check out the letters to the editor every day. Every day, people are expressing their appreciation for what we're managing to do here. Um, I put a quick post up after I got my second dose yesterday. It literally took me longer to walk from my cruiser to the door of the field house than it did to get in, get registered, get the shot, and get to my chair in in the recovery and observation area. It's it's working really well. You got to have a little faith in the system. We're going to get everybody through this. Yep. So, Doctor, I know you've got other stuff going on, and I think we have a meeting in 45 minutes, so I'll see you then. See you then. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Doc. You're welcome. All right. Is the lieutenant joining us? Lieutenant is on. He's here. He's in the house. Yes. He's in the hot seat. All right. So, (laughs) thanks, Lieutenant. Uh, 
sorry for the confusion when I managed to Skype in late. Like I said, I acknowledged your last secure comms lieutenant, but I didn't see the previous one. My alerts still aren't working on that, so it's uh, we're going to have to reboot that system, I think. Um, lieutenant Traversa, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, Chief. How are you? You're, you're looking I'm, peppy. <laughs> Compared. <I feel> like- <laughs> Seriously, I woke up, I'm like, I'm a little nervous that I, I seem to be feeling much better than I think I should be. But I'm just going to assume it's because I've been taking my vitamins and my supplements and trying to do the right thing and getting my exercise. So Good news. All right. And especially, Officer Derby. Sorry, especially coming into a weekend. Yeah, is, right? is it well, the weekend? <laughs> yes, it is the weekend. It's going to be cold and miserable, so so what? <laughs> no, so I uh, I was supposed to join you yesterday for my second shot. I ended up signing up uh, Tuesday for Tuesday instead. You can do it a day or a couple of days earlier or later, I think. So I signed up for Tuesday. Um, same symptoms as you. Um, this time, instead of taking ibuprofen, uh, the nurse there said, no, take Tylenol. That's the, that helps with the pain, not the inflammation. So I too, uh, took some extra strength Tylenol that evening, woke up thinking, oh, man, this is, you know, I, I was good on the first one. Uh, and, Chief, I think uh, if I remember correctly, maybe you were. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, you know, just the arm pain, the shoulder pain from where you received the shot. But so I woke up going, okay, you know, it's it's not too bad. Um, it worsened throughout the day, just the, the shoulder pain, just from where the shot was. And then that evening, again, you know, I'm still taking the regimented uh, every six hours of Tylenol. And I woke up yesterday morning, didn't even feel a thing. So um, that's like probably two days less of discomfort than it was the first time. But it's no different than any other, like the flu shot. You know, you you know you got it because you got the little bit of pain where they injected. But that's it. Um, You know, and like you said, there there are some other, some of our coworkers um, who uh, didn't fare as well. But, um, uh, oh, you're another one. Okay. So, uh, but it seems like those who um, had fallen a slightly ill the first time or felt worse and worse effects um were feeling that this same discomfort the second after the second shot that's what it seems like but um but you know thankfully everybody's uh doing well so yeah uh, L- lieutenant souls you did not fare so well after your second dose uh no i haven't had my second dose yet oh, oh that, no, that was his first right yep yeah, so i had my first uh i guess it was three weeks ago because i'm due for my second shot Tuesday um but yeah I felt great that night and then I woke up uh, in the middle of the night sweating uh the chills body aches uh just you know like almost like the flu um but the only good part about it is it was very short-lived it was it was over and done with you know by the afternoon so um kind of curious as to what the second dose will bring on Tuesday (laughs) so so one of the things that and I'm I'm no scientist i'm no medical person i'm just repeating anecdotally from what we've seen internal to the department and some conversations i've had with some other chiefs about their department um people who previously had the disease who had got the virus and had the disease seem to not be faring as well with the with the doses like their their reaction may be a little more severe that's interesting Hmm. yeah and many departments are reporting similar um so to follow up on, on what Officer Derby was saying, and Lieutenant Traverse, I'm going to throw you under the bus here a little bit. Like, I think most of us who have uh, been in sports or uniform service for a long time, we're just like ibuprofen, acetaminophen, 
the proc, you know, we it, that in the military we call that stuff light fighter candy, right? Take it for the pain and press on. Wash it down with a lot of water. But Lieutenant Traversa, you you dosed with an anti-inflammatory after your first dose, not a fever reducer, right? So I, I'm a uh, an ibuprofen guy. You know, same I have, here. I've had, you know, several joint surgeries, so it's I, I've been programmed to take ibuprofen when <laughs> stuff hurts. And it was automatic. I um, I took ibuprofen before I went to bed on after the first shot, and um, I, I went upstairs, you know, getting ready for bed. And I just I mentioned to my wife, I was like, "Yeah, I just took some ibuprofen." And she's like, "Why?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "That thought, would be one of her questions." I don't know. You should the medical field. You didn't ask her beforehand. You just said, "Nah, I, I know better." <laughs> You know, every other time I probably have asked her, but this one time I guess I was just like, I'll be a big boy and take my own stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, why? You did it wrong, you idiot. That's, that's, that's an anti-inflammatory. It actually works against the uh, the response that you want. You, you actually took more than the recommended dosage anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, <laughs> That's my normal so dosage. You weren't chewing them like candy, no, right? It's, oh, right. No, the, 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 the amount of milligrams that that we have, yeah, you know, yeah, in yeah, bulk, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm, again, I've programmed to take. Yep, like, yep. I, I don't take it much, but when I take it, I, hey, I'm going to do it right, you know? See, so, I was, I was, and I was brought up with ibuprofen with, with uh, severe uh, headaches. I used to have severe headaches, so it was always ibuprofen 800. I'd never taken Tylenol until this last shot, and I'm glad I did. So, yeah. So the point of this is you want the anti or the anti fever fever reducer effects of Tylenol, not the anti inflammatory effects of other pain medication, uh, and keep the dose small. Right? We don't we don't want it to work against what our body's trying to do to ourselves. I will consult the expert the next time and make sure that <laughs> I will confirm with her that I am taking the right her. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we've got a, about enough of the bad habits of law enforcement and taking care of ourselves, at least when it comes to um, medication. So, Lieutenant Souls, thanks for joining us. Let's change topics here. Thanks for having me. Um, actually, before I started, I, I did miss the beginning of the show, so I don't know if this has already been mentioned, but um, I did want to congratulate Deanna Strout on uh, yeah, being we, named the chief. Yeah, we chatted, but, oh. but yeah, go ahead. No, that's awesome. Oh, I uh, I've known the Strouts for a long time. I, uh, I worked, you know, with, with her husband, Mark, for, for quite a while, and I, I couldn't be happier for Deanna and, and her family. I think she could be a great chief in the town of Dalton. And the, uh, the, the Dalton Police Department is, you know, as the crow flies from this studio, not very far, so Chief Darren will have to have her on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even if we have to go up there and get her and, you know. <laughs> Create a rouge to get her down here, you know. Like, <laughs> well, I would also say that Mark is probably overdue for the show oh. as well, right? So maybe we could get them both Probably. on together. He's always, yeah, that's a good idea. He's always more than willing. Sure. <laughs> Before we kind of change topics here, I just got to share with with you all in the studio and with our listeners and viewers at home. I finally figured out how to get PCTV on the uh, on the monitor in my office on Roku. But what I wasn't prepared for is it's not a big delay. So the lieutenant was talking, and I hadn't been talking for like 30 seconds. I just turned around, and I saw myself. 
I'm like, wait a minute, I'm listening to John and that's, those are my lips moving. So I'm going to not turn around and look at that anymore. Um, you know, I'm, and as we wrap up this segment, I'm just going to say she's going to be so mad that I'm going to share this. So I was incredibly proud uh, when I saw last night on social media that the decision was final and that Chief Strout had been selected. She and I were classmates in our master's program. And you too, Lieutenant, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When when we were working on our master's in uh, criminal justice, we were in the same cohort. We finished at the same time. And immediately after that, uh, she rolled into the full-time police academy, and she was in my first class as a staff instructor. Um, we'll, we'll save that for an episode where we can get her on because there are some stories from that experience. Let's just say the first week did not go well. Uh, and so there was a lot of tension. And to this day, like we, we have this loving antagonist, antagonistic relationship. But uh, I talked to her Monday to help her get ready for her final interview. And we were laughing because, you know, the fraternization rules will finally be gone, right? You know, she's going to be a chief, so we can resume the the friendship friendship without the, the idea of rank getting in the way. So that was hilarious. Nice. All right, Lieutenant, we got a couple minutes to get started with some uh, DB topics before we take a station break. So why don't we just roll back to you? Lieutenant John Souls is a detective lieutenant, DLT, the Day Shift Detective Bureau. How long you been uh, up as a boss, John? Uh, a boss. I'd say somewhere around five years. I'm, uh, I'm terrible with, with dates, with math, uh, numbers, just not my thing. Um, but yeah, somewhere around five years. Words is your thing. Words. Words. <laughs> Words. Uh, Lieutenant was back stopping one of my projects earlier this week. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And you spent a long time in the Bureau as a detective before you decided to take the jump and make rank, right? So I did. I, uh, how many years were you in the Bureau before you tested? Well, I was in well, the drug unit for about seven years. And then I uh, switched over to the detective side for uh, just over a year before I made sergeant. And what made you decide that you wanted to step into a supervisory role, not stay in you know, operations and investigations? Well, I, uh, I've always enjoyed doing the investigative side of, of police work, but uh, you know, I, I saw some strong supervisors that we had, and I I saw what kind of difference they made in the department, and I, I kind of wanted to emulate that and, and follow in their footsteps. And when you made sergeant, what was your first assignment? Uh, I was a sergeant in the DB for about a month, uh, but I think that was just uh, temporary when I was a temporary sergeant and waiting for uh, things to fall into place. And then, uh, then I was assigned to the day shift for uh, just about a year. Uh, patrol, shift. sorry, day shift patrol. Yeah. Day shift patrol sergeant is probably one of the most underappreciated, overworked positions in the department. I'll second that. Absolutely. Yeah. Any of us that have done it uh, have said that. Working the desk, uh, answering the window, the phone, everything that comes in, It's uh, th there's not too many uh, positions in the department that are harder than that. The, the other thing, and, you know, I'll, this I used to... I used to just shake my head at this and complain about this all the time, and now I'm as guilty of it as anything, is day shift sergeant is the first-line supervisor when all of the senior commanders are around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of the patrol 
bosses, uh, the chief, you know, all the, the detective bosses are around. And being the day shift supervisor more than any other position essentially makes you the full-time liaison to command, um, especially if you're at the desk, right? That phone is ringing all the time. I know I called down yesterday. I'm like, hey, uh, Sergeant Gray, your desk officer, run something for me and have it brought up to my office. Like, there's all this additional tasking that doesn't happen for the most part on the evening shift and overnight shift. Um, when I went when I went to days as a sergeant, I was I I was overwhelmed with how much additional responsibility got thrown at you just because of the number of people who were around. Absolutely. I think right, so we have made but, we have uh, made some positive steps though in alleviating some of the supervisory pressure on that job with um, the traffic sergeant position and the canine sergeant, where it, it provides a little bit of backfill that that wasn't there previously. Yeah, we could talk about that a little bit after we come back. So it is 9.30. You are listening to On Patrol with the PPD on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Uh, let's get station identification, check for the weather, some PSAs, and then we'll come back and continue this conversation. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, mostly sunny this morning, then becoming mostly cloudy. Cold with highs around 20. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Wind chill values as low as 22 below this morning. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Not as cold with lows around 2 above. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Saturday, partly sunny in the morning, then becoming mostly cloudy. Cold with highs in the mid-20s. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get to where we need to be. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they want to go safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. We are back. We're back. Listening to Lieutenant John Souls. All right. So, Lieutenant, I want to... Uh... I want to get in the Wayback Machine for a couple of minutes before we start talking about all things investigative. So how long have I known you? Uh, somewhere in mid-high school. So I'd say uh, the early 90s. Yeah, it probably was the early 90s. Uh, I'm going to guess 94. That um, sounds about right. 
so so for people who may not be in the know, actually may have been late '93. For people who may not be in the know, Lieutenant Souls uh, in his previous life was an outstanding wrestler, unbelievable wrestler. Uh, and, that that may, that may be a slight exaggeration. And, and was Sergeant Mazio on your team too? No, no, no. Um, I don't think I'm trying to around think. the same time though, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Sergeant Mazio is a little younger than I am. Yeah. So um, something that I haven't talked about a lot in, in on this program at all is when I when I got out of college um, in the spring of '93. I had no idea what I was going to do, right? I had been looking at getting into federal law enforcement. I didn't have a job. Uh, I didn't have a plan. I hadn't been picked up for federal law enforcement. And so I did what any, any you know, college graduate without a plan would do, and I came home. And so I was away for that summer working at a Boy Scout camp, and that fall I had to come back to Pittsfield and try to figure it out. And the the great thing was that I had a, good relationship with Doug McNally, who was the principal at Taconic. And he reached out for me and he was like, Hey, we've got some, uh, we've got some stuff going on. You can do some substitute teaching, but we, we have a turnover in the wrestling program, uh, which you, so I had graduated five years before and the program was, was continuing. So I took over the wrestling team at Taconic a few years after I got out and I didn't have, uh, I didn't have a clue, right? I, I was 23 or 24 years old, but my wrestling coach had moved over to Pittsfield High. So one of the things we would do is joint practices, and that's actually how I met Lieutenant Souls as I, I was bringing my guys over to get some mat time with the Pittsfield High team, and, which was humbling because the Pittsfield High team was much better than our team. So it's been a long time, John. Yes, it has. And we had a great coach with uh, Damian Giardina. And uh, I actually met your parents through that. Um, I remember we were, God, you guys had, you guys had some unbelievable like stuff going on. You would have Matt side announcers for some of your home uh, meets at Pittsfield High. It was hilarious. It was pretty serious. <laughs> you get a like laser light show for your uh, run out. It was cool. <laughs> yep, yep. I do remember that. <laughs> All right, enough of that. So, Lieutenant, you oversee the day detectives. I do. Uh, that gives you essentially a crew of four full-time detectives on the squad. Yes. crime scene investigator. Four detectives, uh, one crime scene on the day shift. And then, you know, you split responsibilities with Lieutenant Madalena, who's the night DLT, but there's a lot of overlap there because detectives obviously work on predictable schedules and they're coming in to do follow-ups. So it's not uncommon for you to have night detectives in while you're in as well. Correct. Plus, you have a ton of collateral duties on top of all of that. I do. So for our listeners and viewers who may not understand, talk about the, the work it goes on in the detective bureau. What, do you, what is your team responsible for? How do cases get assigned? How do they break it up? So uh, the detective bureau basically investigates crimes that are going to be uh, too involved or too time-consuming for patrol to handle uh, on their own. Uh, you know, our patrol officers do an excellent job, and, and they are bouncing from call to call to call, uh, investigating all sorts of different uh, you know, crimes and also uh, just responding to quality of life calls um, and, and, you know, public assistance calls. 
anything in between. So when they respond to a call that's going to entail a lengthy investigation, um, maybe it's a, a check fraud and they're going to need to go to a, a number of different businesses to do follow-ups, uh, multiple interviews, they're just not going to have time to do that. Uh, the same goes for uh, serious violent crimes. You know, if, if they, the patrol officers initially respond to a serious stabbing, a homicide, uh, they're going to need some assistance doing all the follow-up, and, uh, and that's where we come in. So cases get uh, sent to the Detective Bureau for either follow-up or uh, just for taking a look at them, uh, and then we'll decide if further investigation is appropriate and if it is, uh, who's, who's the best to, uh, to, to follow up with that particular case. So normally the day shift will handle uh, crimes against children. Um, the uh, night shift handles uh, things like uh, crimes against develop, uh, sorry, developmentally disabled uh, persons. Uh, and then, you know, other crimes just you know, uh, square pegs and square holes. Uh, all of our uh, detectives are, are thoroughly trained. They're all trained in sexual assaults, violent uh, crime investigations, larcenies. So uh, they're all well equipped to handle whatever we throw at them. And, and we do throw a lot at them. Uh, believe me, they, they all carry a, a pretty significant caseload. I, I don't think that that can be overstated or, or un, oversimplified. The caseload that our individual detectives carry is it's staggering. Absolutely. We had a, a former uh, supervisor in the Detective Bureau that told me once, he said, uh, never plan on having a, an empty caseload. You're never going to finish your cases. As you clear cases, as you solve crimes uh, and get them you know, out of your inbox, three more are coming in. So you just have to... As a detective, as an investigator, you have to be good at, at multitasking and, uh, and just staying on top of, of all of your cases. Yeah, case management is the key. Um, you know, you, you were part of the team that helped us make the switch. One of the things that frustrated me a lot as a supervisor and as a patrol commander and continued to frustrate me after I moved into the chief's office was the, the incumbents in the bureau who would doing case management on paper it, it there was no way given the volume of cases we were handling anybody could accurately track that with just paper files so using the case management modules within our internal records management system and making sure that you can get eye, you as a supervisor and commander can get eyes on and keep people on uh, on task and target is, is huge and that's not to say that, you know, you need to micromanage, particularly your crew. I mean, your crew is a bunch of self-starters. But somebody's got to keep an eye on all of that so things don't slip through the cracks. Sure, and that's, that system is phenomenal because it's it just works like email. You can see what's in everyone's inbox. You can send cases. You can receive cases. And it, it just makes everything so much easier. So the other piece... I just realized that you can see like this big pile of messy paperwork in, over my shoulder here. That's awesome. It, it just shows that you're busy, Chief. <laughs> Managing cases. <laughs> it just shows that this is my home office. I just have to up. It does not reflect your actual office, right? We'll, we'll just put that out there. <laughs> no, that's I, worse. I, <laughs> so I wanted to take a, a couple minutes here while we're talking about the Bureau the to, I don't want to say dispel, but to kind of correct something. So detectives 
at least in our department, detectives work major cases, as the lieutenant already said. And it's possible for a case to go directly to the detective bureau, but it's fairly rare. Right. Every once in a while, I'll become aware of something that's sensitive and I might walk down the hall and say, you know, I need a detective to come talk to me. We've got some information. But the regular system is cases come in through patrol or, you know, in COVID through the online reporting system. Uh, but just yesterday, again, I took a call from somebody that I know from the community. They called me directly. Like, this is what's going on. I need to talk to a detective. No, we we don't have a case file on this yet. We don't know anything about this yet. You don't get to jump to a detective. And the case, I'm not going to say the case was insignificant. There's some concerns there, but no investigative work had been done yet. Uh, the person I was talking to had some information, um, was uncertain as to the degree of cooperation from the other people involved. We're not going to give that to a detective. Um and so, but when I told them to call dispatch and have a patrol officer respond, they were kind of taken aback. Like, you know, I don't want to talk to a lowly patrol officer. Patrol does cases, right? I mean, Darren, how many times do you respond first on something that may be significant, but you do a significant portion of the work before you request detective intervention and that they take over the case? Uh, quite often. And, yeah, and I so was... I, I, I would say that the production level of the patrol officers has has really never been higher. We see a lot of cases that come up uh, that that are essentially solved. Uh, that you know they've they've done a lot of the legwork. They've you know gone and gotten the video. They've they've taken the statements and you know they'll send up what just what they can't handle. Just you know putting it all together or, or you know the the final piece of the puzzle. Doing some follow ups. Sure. It, and so I guess the point I want to emphasize on this before we move on is for our listeners and viewers, it's incredibly important right? because it's possible for somebody to call me, for somebody to call the lieutenant directly. And we may get something out to some people as an email, as an informational. But if it's not properly logged into the system, that means that sometimes things get they get missed. And the way to make sure something gets properly logged into the system is to call dispatch Make sure that a call for service is created, because once the call for service is created, that's what all the investigative cases get attached to. Bypassing the system and going to somebody because you have a relationship with them or you know them, it's not going to speed the system up. It actually slows it down, because then at some point we have to go back and redo the work that dispatch and patrol would have done from the outset if you had just called it in. One, uh, one observation, too, I just want to kind of paint a little picture for our viewers and listeners when a case comes in if patrol initiates an investigation especially you know with some larger scale incidents and investigations and then the detectives come in it's not like patrol says okay here you go and walks away patrol stays involved in that case um, at least through you know the end of that shift many times beyond to the next shift depending on the type of incident and in many cases they will help out you know especially you know some of the larger incidents they'll they'll stay involved in that case and and provide continued um, assistance and resources to the detective bureau yeah what we'll see a lot of times is the victim feels comfortable talking to that patrol officer because they were the ones that initially responded so even though a detective has been assigned 
um, you know, when when the victim has new information, they're not reaching out to the detective necessarily. A lot of times they do reach out to uh, to the patrol officer. So, you know, it becomes it, it very much, you know, you know, especially the larger cases, very much a, uh, a team effort. Yep. It, and just to follow up on that, because we talked about it in the past, some of our patrol officers, particularly some of our more ambitious patrol officers, they've actually gained a high degree of expertise in in things that maybe we haven't had a chance to get detectives up to speed on. So, for example, Officer Derby, um, you're, you were certified at one point as a court-recognized expert in identifying graffiti, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if we, if, we have, if we have a large-scale tagging thing, you're actually going to be the investigative lead. And uh, we talked about this in the past. Officer Dorr because of the work that she got caught up in a case that she initiated, she's kind of become our go-to on human trafficking. So some cases we're going to kick back to a patrol officer because they have a particular area of expertise anyway. Um, and you know, patrol officers like to gain that type of specialized skill set because it puts them in a good position when they decide they want to make the move to the Bureau. So, uh, Chief, before you... You move on. Uh, when I had a conversation with Lieutenant Souls yesterday about coming on the show, and he was very gracious about it, we um, we briefly discussed content. And uh, you're not in studio to see that he has notes with him. <laughs> and, okay. And he, you know, in the past, um, he has come on because he wanted to highlight some some scams, um, and you know what what's going on in that, you know, kind of that subject area to, to update people. So I, I don't want you to leave. By you know, all means. Thank you. <laughs> so I do feel to a degree that I'm, I'm kind of the gloom and doom guy because I'm, I'm always harping on, on everyone, you know, don't answer the phone. If you don't know the, the phone number, don't answer, don't open the email. If you don't recognize the email, don't respond to this person. You know, it's a scam. This is sometimes I get a little carried away because of, you know, how many of these cases that we see and i know the last time i was on that's it's all i talked about was the scams but right now it is the perfect storm and um for for scams and and di you know different types of crimes that people are falling victim to um right now you have the covid vaccine being rolled out uh, a lot of people are uh, making unemployment claims it's tax season um, and then add on top of that there are lonely people they've been in their house for a long time they're reaching out you know, via the internet uh, to meet someone, and and all four of those things uh, are make people more susceptible to to falling victims to crimes. I don't like mentioning specific crimes because what we've seen is they just keep changing and evolving. And and what I might mention today might not even be relevant next week because a new scam will be out. But um, I'll just say what I what I say all the time: if you don't recognize the caller, do not answer the phone. If you think that an email is um, you know, not legitimate, do not open it. Um, some of the obvious things, don't send gift cards. If someone's asking you to buy gift cards to send it to the IRS because you're, you know, overdue on your tax bill, that is not legitimate. If you ever need to send money to get money, it's not legitimate. Um, a lot of lottery scams. You've won $8 million. All you got to do is send a check for 1000 and then we can process your claim doesn't work that way. None of this stuff works that way. Another one that we see all the time, we're going to send you this check. Just cash the check. You can keep X amount of dollars. Just send us the rest. 
well, guess what? The check is, is fraudulent, and you're going to be on the hook when, when the check doesn't clear. So it, it, right now is just I, I would like everyone to be a little bit on alert um, because these scammers are out there, and there's, there's no better time for, for these people to try and, uh, and collect some of your money. And there's there's no end to their audacity and boldness, right? So I walked into the office Monday, I think it was, and picked a fax off of the chief of police fax machine that was a lottery scam. Like, they faxed us and tried to get us to do the deposit money here thing. It, and there's not a week that goes by that I don't get a fraud attempt left as a voicemail on my government cell phone. Absolutely. I... Just this week, I almost opened an email. I used uh, I used PayPal to make a transaction. I know I'm still old school. Everyone else has Venmo now and everything else. I, I still use PayPal. Um, and I, I got an email. Uh, it, I looked at it. It said, your your PayPal account has been suspended. And I had just made a payment. So I, I looked, you know, thinking that it might be legitimate. And at the last second, I realized, no, it's this is just another phishing scam they they wanted information i didn't open the email so just just be very wary it's, it's very difficult once you are scammed to get that money back um so we would rather avoid the uh you know the, the issue altogether the other thing i i always tell people the, the police department even you know patrol or or uh, the detective bureau we don't mind taking a look at something we don't mind if if you want to consult with us on something if you think that something doesn't look legitimate we would rather take 10 minutes and uh and and take a look and and have you not send that money rather than you know a week later have a lengthy investigation and you're out you know thousands of dollars because you you just trusted a, a person on the internet and that a lot of these scams are originating outside of our jurisdiction and you know so outside of pittsfield most of the time out of state and in many cases out, out of the country um, and investigations into um, those types of sophisticated scams aren't necessarily going to produce any results that's, that's it's, a great point it's just a matter of you know not responding to them that's the the the, the best way to battle these is just not becoming a victim in the first place and, and resisting any you know kind of temptation to or of curiosity as to what what it's all about exactly the um it, it's it's frustrating for us because you know we we feel for the victims and uh you know a lot of times they're hopeful because they have oh hey i have the email address that they used or hey don't worry i have the phone number so I'm sure you guys can trace it, you know, back to their house. It's not like that. It's not, it's not somebody in their house that's using their home phone to scam these people out of money. The phones are insulated. The numbers are spoofed. Um, there, there's many layers of insulation. So, so follow-up investigations are, you know, most of the time difficult, if not impossible. All right. That's awesome. Lieutenant, anything else you want to add about what's going on with your day detective squad? No, they're doing an awesome job, as always, the day shift and the night shift. I, uh, I, I couldn't be happier. They make my job easy. So, Lieutenant Souls, thanks for joining us this morning. That's awesome. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having thank me. You, thank you for helping me, uh, helping us with both the HIDA project that you've been our final reviewer on and, and proofreading my PowerPoint earlier this week. You're more than welcome. This Lieutenant Souls is like the unofficial grammar and spelling checker of the PPD.
Second to Sergeant Hill. <laughs> Second to Sergeant Hill. All right. um, you got to put that English degree to work, right? <laughs> Actually, I think I think he looked over one of mine, didn't you? One of my um, for school. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I went right to him. <laughs> Before we switch gears here, I have breaking news. So you're all well. I know the four of you are familiar, but for our viewers and listeners at home, you're aware the city of Pittsfield has a, a new media campaign related to COVID, about staying in the fight and trying to get back to some normal. There's some great imagery associated with that. We made a decision, uh, or I made a decision early on in the beginning of this campaign, and we had those images converted to um, vinyl window coverings for the, the rear windscreens of our cruisers. And I just got a e uh, text sent to me today. The first ones are being installed. So uh, we're going to have 20 frontline cars with the, uh, the city's message for COVID-19 mitigation uh, when this when our, all of ours are done. But the first three are being done today. They're in our garage taking care of that. Kind of excited about that. So, Officer Derby. Yeah. We haven't relied on you to contribute at all today. I've been waiting. You saved the best <laughs> for last. You're in here on your day off. I am. There's no day off. Come on now, Chief. Not for you. I'll, I'll be put to work by the missus. She took a half a day. So I think we, we uh, some overdue us time. Yeah. It's the Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I do have the next four off. Unfortunately, it's uh, contributed. Uh, part of that is contributed to a um, loss of two family members. One is 105. Was 105. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. And uh, the other one is an uncle who uh, is, uh, I think he was just shy of 82. So um, uh, we will be hanging, hanging um, distantly from some, with some family members this weekend. Uh, so, um, but other than that, you know, we have Valentine's Day coming up. And it's also, I, I would be remiss if I didn't embarrass her. It is our 20th uh, wedding anniversary. So, congrats. Yeah. Derby. 20th. Yeah. Wow. I just I doubt she's listening. She's working. So, she's she's a good worker like that. But that uh but we've been together since 10th grade, so I think we're at like 5 25 years, I think. So, do That's I got you beat, LT? Do I got you beat? No? No. Souls? I, actually, no. you were high school sweethearts? No, I thought you were. Really. 10 years. Oh, 10 years? Oh, yeah. man, I feel. And the chief, I, you know, I, I know you're newly remarried, so I've got you beat, too. Man, I feel like. Newlywed. I, listen, huh. if you all need advice, you just, you know, <laughs> No, you come don't to have me. me beat. Oh, I don't? <laughs> no. That's right. I thought you said I did. No, yeah, you don't have me beat. Oh, you have. Oh, you were shaking. I shook head. my head. No. Oh, so what are you at? We're, we're married 25. Oh, I just put you on the spot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you, okay. So we're you're married okay. 25. We're yeah. together 31. Oh my gosh! Wow, yeah. wow you are old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we yeah, listen, we you, started when we we're you know I was sixteen, she was seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I started at uh, Driver's Ed. I met her going to Driver's Ed to uh, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, Mr. Mariano's driving oh, school. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, to thank both you. Of you. Thank you. So uh, hopefully we can get away this weekend, but I don't know what we're gonna do. So. It's amazing they put up with us that long, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, was she at work yesterday for the convoy? Uh, no, so she is um, currently assigned uh, a home desk, so um, that's um, which is kind of nice, and uh, she may be there permanently. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. So, yeah, that was uh, I did join you yesterday. That was quite the scene. Uh, I did take some video for Jake. Um, I think they're going to put a little uh, video and picture montage together at some point today with those videos, but. 
um, to see the nurses um, and the ho- and the other hospital staff that are out there that were extremely appreciative. Uh, you know, Jake, Deputy Jake Gaylord, and in, in the sheriff's office, and Sheriff Bowler. You know, they they kind of spearheaded this, and and uh, you know, it, it's amazing. I mean, we had uh, Hamden County Sheriff's Office uh, was there. Oh. I want to say we had at least fifty uh, fifty plus vehicles, but I didn't Absolutely. count. So yeah. So quick little follow up on that. Should we put a little micro convoy together and go drive by your house? Uh no. No. <laughs> no. If, if, Listen, I'm far enough off the road, yeah, I'm not gonna hear you anyway. So <laughs> If you were the missus, change your mind on that. Let me know. We'll, uh, we'll get it uh, listen, I've had some friends put up for sale signs in my house at my house before. So it's, uh, you know, Did I, you I get would, any bites. Uh, <laughs> no, thankfully, my my um, wonderfully uh, nosy neighbor, <clears throat> my mother-in-law, um, saw the sign and took it down. <laughs> <laughs> but all in good fun. Those friends must have been cops. Uh, well, they were close. They were close, yeah. Firefighters? Uh, no, that would be John Lavardi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still own for that. Using full names now, okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, why not? You know what I mean? Just throw them under the bus. Good one, Good one John. So, so you mentioned it is Valentine's Day weekend, and uh, you know we, we all have our, our Valentines. I hope you all... Please don't be the crew that's going to be standing at CVS getting the card tonight, right? Or worse, tomorrow. Like, make sure you're you're. If you need, all three of you, if you need to take a little release time to go take care of that today, good to go. Right after this, would would Sunday be too late? (laughs) That's when they go on sale. (laughs) No, Monday. Yeah. Uh, but Darren, on the Valentine's Day stuff, I saw I saw a little Insta post from you. You've been spreading some Valentine cheer out in the community. Yeah, too. I have I have a few special ladies out there that uh, thankfully uh, Heather allows me to share some uh, some of my extra love with. So it's uh you know they they've uh, been in my community outreach uh, circle for a while, and uh, you know I, I, on a yearly basis you you gotta you gotta make sure that they know that they're loved and appreciated. So it, it wasn't clear from the picture. Was that candy or balloons? Uh, that was candy, you know, candy, balloons, um, and then cards. Yeah. Chief, do you want to uh, do a an update for the weekend in our last 45 seconds? An update for the weekend? So, yeah, I got um, – just go check out the Cultural Pittsfield newsletter. 10 by 10 started yesterday. If you haven't seen the stuff online or um, – by driving by the Berkshire Museum, they kicked it off with the ice sculptures. That was awesome. That was pretty cool but to again, see. Yeah. You know, the weekend is upon us. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody, all the lovers out there. Be healthy, be safe, be kind. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television.